It doesn't see. It, I, I guess that's a threat of rape. I would take it as a threat of, uh, of rape, almost. Yeah, I, I'm able to do it. I've, I've, I have done it. I am a rapist. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that guy we talked about last week in Staten Island who would drive down the street and yell at people, "I'm going to rape you." I wonder if this is if there's a depressing quality of this to this, or if I'm just depressed. Yeah, it's got that tinny piano sound. <laughs> yeah, anything with a little melody is nice. Um, See, I think melody is square. Oh yeah, really? You're totally. like like Captain Beefheart. Uh, sure, or like Schoenberg, or some kind of like twelve tone modernist composition. Cecil Taylor. Yeah. My wife plays exactly like Cecil Taylor. <laughs> Who's Cecil Taylor? Wait, I want to I want to call attention to my piano work here. Nice. It's like that. It's like Thelonious Monk. No, I always, I always Mini keep talents. getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm trying to get it out there that yeah. I'm that I am a kind of a Renaissance man. So, you know, I, I I object to the term because it makes you sound uh, like you think you're David Byrne. Um, yeah, I remember when Time Magazine called him Renaissance Man. Yeah, he was the he was the definitive Renaissance Man for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, uh, kind he's of a singer and uh, and he uh, plays guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's didn't yeah, really uh, go invent a helicopter or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or uh, what? What the hell else? Fucking rights. Well, he was in um, True Stories that movie. Oh, well, true stories was uh, uh, wasn't it about David Byrne or something? I mean, wasn't he just playing himself? Or no, he was like walking around in a shopping mall with like that goofy outfit, kind of like wasn't about him. It was just like about like these I don't know surrealist sort of um, characters in Texas somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. It's. I know that I saw that. More I feel like less, David Byrne sort of um, kind of peaked, like maybe 1986. You may be right, because 86 might have been around the time when he was like, hey, I'm going to get into this Latin sound. Right. Which nobody cares about. Nobody wants. Latin people don't want yeah, it. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of reminds me of like when Paul Simon did The Cape Man. <laughs> well, w was that the follow-up to uh, Graceland? No, the Cape Man was he did a um, a Broadway show. Oh, okay. He and Derek Walcott wrote it, and it was like um, it was about this Puerto Rican murderer from the nineteen fifties, some kid who like stabbed somebody, and they made a whole um, Broadway show out of it. It was a total flop. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see like an utter flop. Yeah. It was weird, like Linda, there was this period in the 80s, this world music moment when everybody, um, like Linda Ronstadt started doing like, canciones de mi padre. Yeah, like Latin shit. I guess they were sort of anticipating America's future as um, they were trying to get on the bandwagon early, maybe. Yeah, as a, as a third world uh, uh, depository. Basic, like a sump, like the world's sump. You know, uh... This is uh, this is Cecil Taylor. 
Okay. I mean, I'm not loving this either, but I, I can see that it has a little bit more um, going on harmonically, say, than than what the, you do. Than, than Dixon. Yeah, than Dixon. I mean, I'm not loving this either. But you can kind of tell that there's something behind it somewhere. I can think of no quicker way for this podcast to lose its audience than to become like jazz commentary. That's a good point. (laughs) This is an alternate take. Great. I'm I'm not hearing the... uh... The, the piano is it uh, necessary start. i mean can we just 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 one yeah it, it is because okay. it's worth hearing i'll take your word for it at least the drum has a steady beat That's how she plays. Yeah, okay. Got it. Um, doesn't it sort of seem to you sometimes like there's a reason why nobody likes jazz? Yeah, it's... it's. I uh, mean, it seems like it's like this musical form that just became more and more rarefied until there were like two fans and then one died. <laughs> a, a, a few years ago at the city council, there was this big thing about, um, all right, there's some jazz clubs in the village and like... The problem was, like, all these old jazz greats would go, but then how would they get their retirement? Like, there was a whole thing about, like, how basically they weren't getting enough money, how the jazz club owners were so mean. It was basically almost like the old Mo Better Blues complaint that, like, these brilliant jazz artists are being exploited by the evil Jew owners of the jazz joints on McDougal Street. <laughs> who gave them a place to perform. Who basically gave them a place to perform and paid them like in cash probably. And But but lo, 30 years later... Where, where Where's my 401k? Yeah, they didn't have one. So... Uh, yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't get to have those if you are a jazz musician. That's sort of the point. Well, I guess like there is a union, but I, I can't remember exactly what all the details were. They were really... Um, I mean, who the fuck wants to listen to this shit anyway? From the smallest room in New York City, send over a, a trombone player. Please. Here comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Any trombone player. Okay? They've got six guys, you know, sitting around throwing cards into a hat. Imagine if, like, you and a bunch of stand-up comedians went down to City Hall and, like, pled this whole sentimental argument about how you're the st- you guys are like the heart and soul of of the comedy scene. And yeah, you've been doing your bits, and now, how are you going to retire? Yeah, um, I, I, I'd love to see the response of that. Like a bunch of like white Jewish guys or whatever. 
comedians. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think you would have the same. Because these jazz, old, it was all these old jazz men, you know, like these old black guys uh, for the, at the city council, and everybody was just, like, fawning all over them. Oh, yeah, because, they, you know, they're, they're legendary, even though no one ever takes any of their music and you know, let's listen to this. Let's right. go, really, I want to, there's four names that people know. Sure. And it, yeah. Well, I oh, love jazz. Sure. But people ask me about, I, I used to try to get into jazz for yeah. a while. I mean, I gave it a shot. Okay. I guess in the '60s, sure. this was like wild. Oh, sure. Do do dink. Yeah. Do do dink dink. Oh, Do do dink dink. Do 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 dink. You know, it's like dink. Sure. Cecil Taylor. Now that there's a guy who really knew how to shit it up. Dink. ACDC's lost a member. Yeah. Malcolm Young. Well, I think he was kind of. I think he'd been sort of lost a few years ago. Right? Yes, he was lost to dementia, which is, it, you always think like that might be fun, but I, I bet it's not. I don't think it is at all. Yeah, my, uh, I don't I think don't it's the same as like having a good, having like a wild dream or being on some awesome drugs. No. I, I think it's more just like being like perpetually confused. Like you always just woke up in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And you wet yourself. <laughs> I mean, more fun maybe than, uh, say, Dying of cancer or something? Yeah, it's probably more fun than like getting your leg cut off by a train. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like Maybe. in that instant. Uh, well, th- there was a manspread situation that that escalated into a a, a huge foufara. It's, yeah, it's 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 been in the paper a few days. Um, because yeah, it's big news. Yeah, it, it all escalated off of that though, off of this like. This this entitled woman thinking that she deserved more space because of a man. Um, I can't believe man spreading is actually now. Now it's like a real thing. Yeah, that is a that that's what I would call a real uh, case of of you know bias. I'm sorry, but women spread out. It's it's not about our dick and balls. It's about right. taking up more than one seat. Yeah, which women do too. Oh. Women are much more often and much more egregiously do women do it. They don't want people sitting next to them. I don't blame them. But that's you're on the subway and people are going to sit next to you. Well, I'm going to come back to my old hobby horse, which is bags. Yes. Um, women carry so many. I mean, it's one thing. Okay. A woman carries a purse. Yeah. Sure. But you'll so notice do, a, so do a woman carrying a purse is invariably also carrying another bag. A secondary bag. Like they're often carrying two or three bags. Two bags is standard. Yeah. All ladies are bag ladies. Yes. What the fuck do they keep Man, in all these bags? They they are so prepared for for whatever it is that's going to happen with them. Well, they always have like they have a pair of shoes and then they have another pair have of at least shoes. A, one bonus pair of shoes. Right. They probably have um like they, workout gear. Oh yeah, maybe workout gear. Um. Okay, tampons, sure, but you know you could probably put those in your um pussy. They also or in your pocket. You know whatever. I think the way the psychology works is that they say. This is my purse, and uh, I kind of want to separate out because I'm not going to, you know, always be throughout the day needing to have, you know, my uh, Don Lemons there to whatever it is they work out. They're, you're Don Lemons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They go, well, I've got an extra bag, so, yeah, I'll just throw whatever extra bonus object in there until yeah. that bag fills up. Right. And they're like, oh, shit, I've got a third category of stuff that's just miscellaneous, and then that, and that, that's how it expands because once you have the bag, you've committed you've to got, the bag. And you've got to fill it up. You've got to fill it up. So they do. They always have water. Yeah, every water. every woman in the fucking city is walking around with about half a gallon of water. 
that they uh just to yeah they they, they want to be always Pat, do you it. remember the days before bottled water when people would just go to water fountains nowadays i've noticed like if i ask somebody like oh where's the water fountain they'll just think it's like the uh, people are like why would you use a water fountain <laughs> like not everybody i don't even see them anymore i don't see water fountains anymore i think they had to take them out of um Penn Station. Because of the lead? No, because homeless people were using them to bathe. Oh, sure. Yeah. But yet, this is why we can't have nice things. Basically. Because there's homeless people. They. I mean, not to be mean. Well, you're not the one who removed it. That's true. And uh, frankly, nobody should have to see a homeless person taking a whore bath in Penn with Station. His, with his scrotum, like, dipping into the <laughs> to the yeah. well of the, 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 the tea, water fountain. Teabagging this thing. A violent subway manspreader, he's referred to as, uh, who slugged a woman in the face for complaining he was crowding her. I, these things escalate. Uh, he's been arrested after... It was a two-day manhunt, apparently. Yeah. Well, this, I think he was like a... Asshole. Allegedly, he's an asshole uh, and a violent subway spreader. Right. She has uh, the the mark on her lip to show it. Apparently, he punched her right in the face. Yeah. She's so happy. Her name is uh, Sam Sala, a post reporter, uh, told her about the arrest, and she said, this is amazing news. She's very happy of the arrest of 56-year-old Derek Smith, and uh, he remains in custody. Well, it's like being... I think he's being charged with a hate crime because he was saying... If I'm not mistaken, Pat, he said to her, I raped white bitches like you. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. I think, go ahead. Go ahead. If there is such a thing as a hate crime, let's do it. Yeah. Let's charge, you know, him in, let's charge a guy for saying I've raped white bitches. Well, if he's saying I've raped white bitches like you and calling her a white bitch and he's going to punch her, isn't that fair? I think it's totally fair. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, well, um, Ooh, yeah. Here, here, here's further comment. She goes, and I'm relieved that he's unable to harm anyone else or retaliate Ooh, against yeah. me. Excellent news. Huh. Well, uh, he's he's still a- capable of harming other people. He is. He's capable. It's unlikely. He looks com- He looks like a pretty cool guy, actually. I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, that looks like, I kind of like what this guy's about. Really? Like punching people in the train? <laughs> no, just his look. I mean, oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not down with punching people on the train. You know what's weird? What um, the video from about two weeks ago, where there was a guy who there were some teenagers on a train, and they were of uh, they were they were people of color, and this guy was a white guy. I think he yeah. mentioned he was a lawyer. A woman threw soup at him. Yeah, she threw hot soup in his face heroically. Yeah, as he was getting off the train. Well, I think they pushed him off the train. Yeah, but as he was, you know, yeah. yeah, as he was being removed from the train, as he was being shoved off the train, and yes, and for some reason that became. Exactly, like a heroic gesture. Like, here's this awesome woman who threw hot, scalding hot soup in a man's face because he said something she yes. didn't like. And nobody else liked it either. So we were all on the same team uh, in, in, in this. Uh, but in that case, you know, the guy just said, you know, like the, and, and got hot soup thrown in his face. He got removed from the train by, like, v- rather violently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they pushed, they he shoved wanted to him get off. his bag, and they're like, fuck your bag. Yeah, fuck yeah, your yeah. bags. Now, I think he had been, he didn't just say the N word. He was, I believe he, like, had a six pack and was, like, really getting drunk and kind of berating Yeah, well, people. these teenagers, apparently, and I, other people began to get involved. But, uh, you know, unfold on video. 
Yeah. And uh, the accounts of it are, are, you know, spotty, I guess. But anyway, in this case, the guy, the man spreader is a black guy. Yeah. The victim is a white woman. She is. And a, and a guy, only one guy got involved. Right. This is a case where, he, where I mean, he punched her. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the accusation. She has the mark to show it. And uh, only one guy got involved. And all he said was he, he insisted that the guy get off the train on his own. Yeah. He said at the next stop, you're going to get off the train. He goes, I'm not on duty. The guy was saying he wasn't on duty, whoever he was. I don't know what he does was for he a living. A cop? Anybody who says that is probably not a cop. Right. I think he's probably a security guard. Because cops are always Yeah, on and duty. they won't they don't say things like even if they yeah, they they, they don't advertise something like that. I'm no. not on duty. Like they're trying to like right. make it plain that they're a cop. Yeah. That seems like the kind of thing you would say if uh you wanted people to believe you're a cop, but you don't want to fully say I'm a I'm an off duty police yeah, officer. Right. So whatever the guy got off rather gently you know just like steps off sure sure i mean this guy punched a woman and the guy and and that's the extent of it well you notice he he got very meek once he was uh approached by this 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 off-duty person yes i'm an off-duty person you're gonna get off the train you punched the woman you're getting off the train at the next stop yeah that's your punishment okay okay yes sir yes sir i will i will Like most bullies, he was um, very uh, susceptible to being bullied. Isn't that something? It's funny, right? Yeah, they uh, bullies. You know, you can always bully a bully. It's uh, now you've seen the photos of her. I'll just yeah. I'll just show you show these to you. You can see. Yeah, yeah. He, he little, definitely punched her a little closer, and then that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little something that I'm working that on. That you've for. been playing with. Well, you know, I mean, did she say? Was she like move your fucking legs? Like what? What exactly was the problem? Uh, yeah, she said something of that nature. Yeah, of course, she said something obnoxious. It, it's one of those things. I, I think that they uh, her her story on that, of course, is going to be different from uh, his. You know, his, from from yeah. from yeah. But she says that it's like uh, I want I want to know what his story. Her day is. Man spreader hell. I, I don't like that they emphasize this man spreader thing. I just don't yeah. think that's really all that relevant. Right. I don't know what side the post is on anymore. Well, I really don't. I really, truly don't. I, I spoke to, with the editor, Steve Lynch, about uh, half a year ago. Okay. And uh, he said, you know, they, they have a direction. They have an agenda. They're, they're, you know, they're not, they're not trying to be the most conservative voice uh, right. in the world, I don't think. Uh, well, look, it's a common term now, man spreading. So obviously they're going to use it. Right. That's and what it, I mean. It, 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 it's it a is, buzzword. It is though. a thing. You do see people sort of spreading their knees apart on the train. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's not the problem. It's not the problem. It's not his. It's manliness has nothing to do with it. It's it's like we said with the with the women with all those bags. They have to put them somewhere. Yeah. They're not going to put them on the floor. They're yeah. not going to politely put them on their lap. And they don't want somebody sitting directly next to them. They'll put those bags to the side of them. Yeah. So uh, do do we call that the? What, what what's the term for that? Hag spread. Hag spread. <laughs> uh. She says, uh, okay, I'm talking about uh, her day of manspreader hell, because this is what this is. This is literal manspreader hell. Uh, she was trying to get from uh, Bensonhurst to her uh, midtown real estate job. She sat in a corner. Uh, by the way, real estate, that's the thing to do in this town. Well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't look like she's um, necessarily at the top of the uh, Manhattan real estate heap with no. her like nose ring and... Yeah, getting into fights with people on the subway. <laughs> Not to uh, victim blame, but it is her fault. Uh, she, as she sat in a corner two seater on the end train, you really kind of expect to have that to yourself. 
You know, I mean, don't you? You sit down in one of those. A lot of times, no. you expect to have that yourself. I, I do. No. I that is the last. I know that if I'm sitting there, and uh, if there's any open seat, yeah, and all, and and really, if if there's much standing room, I'm not going to be sat down next to. I'm the last person somebody wants to sit to next to. Why? Why? I'm not really sure, but I do know it's true. I think what I do is sometimes I look up like half uh, hoping that, that somebody will sit next to me. Hi. <laughs> kind of pat the seat like this one's open. <laughs> right, right. That seems that would, to do that it. would do it actually. That would drive people away. Yeah, and but I do it subtly like kind of just like I'm just sort of glancing up making Personally, eye contact with people I, I like in. having people sitting next to me. It's sometimes especially if it's like cold, it's kind of cozy to have everybody kind of mm-hmm. bunched together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you don't feel that way. No, I don't. I don't like that. I, I prefer to have it all. I, I like to, you know. I, like I used to um fall asleep on the train every day. Mm. Like, I would take the, uh, you know, the Lexington Avenue line from, like, Wall Street all the way up to 86th Street. Yes. And I had it timed very nicely, and I would fall. And sometimes, like, I would kind of doze off, and I would like it if people were next to me, and I, I would sort of doze off and kind of be leaning against somebody and... I don't know. I mean, it always seemed kind of like it's like in China, in pre-revolutionary China, when someone would die, there were like there was a job. People who would um, their job was to like bring the corpse to to whatever town they were from, and they would mark. It would be like one guy in front, one guy in back, and the corpse in the middle, and they had this like system of marching it from like oh. That's what they would do. Yeah, instead of putting it in a box and carrying it. They well, they didn't have. It was too expensive to like get a horse or whatever. So yeah, they would have these guys like. So it oh, just seemed kind boy. of cozy that way. Sort of like you felt like a, you felt like a corpse between two uh, maybe Chinamen, some, maybe something like or, that. <laughs> and often, you know, it would be a couple of Chinamen probably. Well, sometimes. Uh, as she sat in a corner, two seater on the end train, a hooded man sat down beside her. Oh, along came a hooded man. And sat down beside her <laughs> and proceeded to press her against the wall by spreading his legs. Little Miss Real Estate Secretary <laughs> sat on her, her two-seater on the end Sat train. in her two-seater. Yeah, okay. Yeah, with her stupid So thoughts. she sat down first and then he sat down. And well, it's, it just says she sat on it and uh, it, 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 did I say a long came? Uh, she sat in the corner, two-seater on the end train. A hooded man sat down beside her. Yes, okay. She, she was there first and proceeded to... Pressed her against the wall by spreading his legs. Now that is, that's kind of obnoxious. That's, it sounds to me like an exaggeration. It sounds to me like he touched her with the side of his leg. Mm. I mean, like, you know, like pressing you against the wall. I mean, you'd have to to Look, press her against the wall. You'd have to really. This guy's not a fat guy. He's no. a thin guy. But Pat, She's there are thin. guys who sit there with their legs spread really far. Yeah, but she, but to, I'm saying yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure that happened. But just. Push her against the wall. Yeah, that's different. Okay, so that's an exaggeration, in my opinion. Could and now that, that's number one, which is just uh, empirically unlikely. Okay. When I asked him to give me room, he yelled, "Bitch, you ain't nothing." It's a Facebook post. That oh, we, that she wrote this in. So oh, oh, yeah. he didn't put this on Facebook. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that this is. You cannot question the veracity of this. When I asked him to give me room, he yelled, bitch, you ain't nothing. Mm. I've raped white bitches like you. You fucking, and I don't know what this word is, but it's C-T. Oh, C-T? But you you can't. You can't tell me what to do. Probably. You, uh, 
you couldn't it's oh it's just c dash dash t dash dash t you 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 coot you must have called oh, her a like coot. you old coot yeah sure that makes sense she's a you ain't nothing you fucking bitch she said he hollered that's a that's an overreaction to just wanting room so she must have uh mm-hmm. she, she she yeah i i asked him to give me room Please step off, motherfucker. You know, yeah, something yeah. like that. Maybe fighting words of some sort. Now, then he socked her in the mouth. Man, when you get the when you get that victim story and only the victim story, two sides to every story. I'm sure this guy fucking is a horrible person. Why exaggerate it? Right. You can say like, yeah, man, I was kind of a coot. I, uh, you know, I was, I was, I could have been nicer about it, but I, you know, he was making me mad. I was having a bad day. And he socked her in the mouth, splitting her lip slamming her head into the wall i just I, you know i know people don't really have any patience for how like uh my uh, mind works on, on shit like this but i just i really hate like uh subtle untruth and shit like that like yeah. just, it just really it bugs me a lot wait which part that her face was slammed into the wall oh yeah that he was pressing her against the wall they, like this like the way they have to make it all Overdo like it good little. guy bad guy you know like we have to really make sure she is completely blameless, right? Right, and all okay. that stuff. And I'm not—I don't care if it's two guys. I don't care what you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not about her her gender. But he did say that he've raped. I've raped white bitches like you. Uh, that, that's a that's a little over the top. I've raped them and I've punched them in the face. I've manspread on some of the whitest bitches in this. Is that what he no, said? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. What do you think? What do you make of this claim? Like I've raped white bitches like you. Like, is that supposed to, is that like. I think he's hitting on her. I think he's thinking I might be able to. Oh. Yeah, I think it, I think it's He's meant, trying to turn the whole thing. Yeah, it's meant to express attraction. It doesn't see, it, I, I guess that's a threat of rape. I would take it as a threat of, of rape, almost. Yeah, yeah, I'm able to do it. I've, I've, I have done it. I am a rapist. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that guy we talked about last week in Staten Island who would drive down the street and yell at people, I'm going to rape you. Yeah. 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 It's a, I, this guy's declaring a past history of, of raping yeah. bitches similar to you. I, I might have even raped you. Where do you live? Uh, federal court clerk Victor Condi. Left to his feet. Oh, he was a federal court clerk. Oh, off okay. duty. So he federal is a court. Clerk. He is a law, uh, an officer of the law, in some kind of refracted way. Yeah, and they're giving him a little bit of credit too, because they're saying he leapt to his feet from across the subway car. All right. Well, that's fair. Grabbed the menacing man spreader by the wrist and got him to exit the train at the next stop. Well, you know what? I you got to give that guy some credit. I mean, he didn't have to do that. Eh. No. He didn't have to. He, he didn't have they, to do that. They could that. have sat there and let this guy like torment the woman and punch her a couple more times. Well, maybe they just would have worked it out. She would have like gone ho- gone home with him. Yeah, it might have turned it. it he might have interrupted a meat cute. Yeah, right. I think that she probably was kind of like, Is it, really? You're just going to like get him off the train? You're gonna let that's it? This guy just punched me. Do you, do you think they should have taken him between the cars and like hurled him? to the tracks <laughs> i think that i it's unusual that he didn't say i'm gonna step off the train with you sir i'm surprised he didn't step off the train with him and then um you know like uh call the police and then and mm. then and then wait for a uh you know wait for right. a cop to come or something i mean it's assault 
Uh, yeah, that's true. I it's, mean, it's, if it's he's that, like an officer, he, he he doesn't really have the discretion to be like, okay, you can go now because I'm I'm off duty. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's an accomplice. You know, he did everything but drive a getaway car for him. Maybe, um, in my opinion, maybe it was like one of those complicated scams, like in a David Mamet movie, and they stole the woman's um coffee. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Anthony Macca used his cell phone to get a valuable clip of the attacker, which helped him identify the suspect. You know what? This story is so like tawdry and like depressing. You think it's a little tawdry and depressing? <laughs> yeah, don't you? <laughs> it's it it starts with a manspread. Yeah, you know that that seems to be the issue, right? That that there's a man spreading thing uh, happening. Well, it, the the subway is becoming a, a more humane place. Uh, is it starting in the very near future? Yeah, and and, and it's a, and it's about time because this is a change that that really it, it's needed to come. I feel like the subway is becoming more and more crowded and disgusting. Well, that that's what I'm saying. That, that that's why this is so overdue because oh uh, yeah 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 the, yeah the subway announcements are no longer going to contain the words "ladies and gentlemen." And oh, I right. and and I uh, slow clap for the uh, for the MTA on, oh, on finally getting this wonderful. done. It's wonderful. They, they, the MTA, you know, I I just have to say the MTA has had such great initiatives lately. Like, well, the train's really crowded, so let's rip out some seats. Yep. <laughs> uh, like one out of every thirty thousand people who rides the train is a confused schizophrenic who denies their genitalia. So let's eliminate ladies and gentlemen as a greeting. It's really the only humane thing to do. Um, what's next? Uh, oh I mean, well, I'll tell you what's still next. Still a few more seats we could take out. Let's tax rich people more so poor people can get half price fare. Why is there any fare for the subway? In fact. Well, why why does it cost something to ride the subway? You know, uh it it could it, it should potentially be free. free. It's a, it, you know, it, it, as as this guy was saying as I was watching the MTA meeting from this uh, month as I watched always, you know, and Joe Loto was running this thing and and uh, an old guy he gave a whole speech and then he when he ran out of things to say, he still had 15 seconds left, uh, 20 seconds left, so he just started yeah. repeating the MTA shouldn't be a business. The MTA should be a service. Mm-hmm. The MTA shouldn't be a business. The MTA should be a service. Said like six times. It's a beautiful mantra. Yeah, and and all he's trying to say is, hey, communism. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it 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 should be free. The thing is, think. even in communism, you have to pay for stuff. I mean, as it is, the MTA is not, not really not, a business. Not, not public transportation, right? You don't have to pay for that, apparently. Is that true? I I guess in communist countries, you ride the bus for free. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I would imagine they would still have some kind of fare. Mm, Well, uh, now an an avenging group of strap hangers witnessed a volatile drunk walloping a young mom on a Bronx subway. Well, they delivered some street justice. Oh. And uh, they kicked him into submission. Great. Now, uh... And, and of course, there's video of that. What what was... What what was the man doing to the woman? Uh, Apparently, what he had done was, uh... Uh, like he grabbed her by the hand. You know, she was traveling with daughters Brianna. This is uh, on Ann Yates. She had Brianna and Irene, eight and one. It was it was, and 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 then a, a son Evan, four. Uh, I'll let the uh, I'll let the the reporter uh, fill in some of this. Okay, yeah, I'd like to hear it. Bronx man facing several charges. Police say he attacked a woman who was with her three kids as they were traveling on a six train. 
This all the yeah, police could not say what prompted this violence, but it was actually, though, the fellow subway riders that came in to help out this defenseless mother, taking justice into their own hands. And if you can see here in this video, though, some arguably taking it too far, beating this man before police arrested him at the Hunts Point Avenue subway station. However, right now, police tell us only the suspect, 58-year-old Ramel Jefferson, has been arrested. His charges include resisting arrest, assault, harassment, and three counts of endangering the welfare of a child. Now, police believe Jefferson was intoxicated when he allegedly threatened a 29-year-old mother with a bottle around 7.30 last night. Police say, though, that she was with her three small children traveling southbound on the number six train. Detectives tell us he then punched her in the face, pushed her into a subway bench, and started to pull her hair. Fortunately, though, we are told this 29-year-old mother is okay. Thank God. Yeah, thank God she's okay. Uh, it sounds to me as if now I all I can say is that they're like some of them arguably taking it a little too far. Right. Well, it's a good thing they weren't cops. It would be a whole different savagely beating. Yeah, him, that's right. You know. Well, and, and and where are these? Where was the white liberal in this case to be going? No, man, that's extra. No, 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 right. that, no, no, no. And grabbing the cops are grabbing these like thugs arms who are like vigilante justice working out their own issues by kicking the crap out of some guy. It's interesting that in both of these cases, the guy, uh, the miscreant was in his late 50s. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Well, you know, apparently most homeless people are men in their like 50s and 60s. Mm. Like this is where this is like the the sweet spot for uh you for know, homelessness decrepitude yeah. yeah decrepitude and alcoholism has finally started yeah. to kind of like it's really taking it's a really toll. yeah taking its toll and it's at that point that like your mother is dead <laughs> your family you don't really like maybe your sister or whoever is just totally sick you've really burned through all of your personal mm. relations sure any inheritance you might have had you, is gone like, like, like I said, like your mother's probably like you can't crash at her apartment anymore because she's gone. So this is the point at which total degeneracy, decrepitude. This is uh, this is the nip of the ringer here for going down a, a long, slow road, which ends with like uh, having your your shoes off on the corner in the winter. Yeah, yeah, you basically. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see a little snapshot, a little cross section of um, what makes you wonder. This woman has a family. This woman is riding a train, you know, and this guy has nothing. Who's the real victim here? If we're looking at institutional things, I think he is. You're right. He's the one who needs help from the liberal perspective. Yeah. I mean, what 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 is he? You know, he, he he's merely acted in, in the one way that he's taking the one option that we're giving him. God, you're so right. Think of all the ways in which because if if I'm not mistaken and now, I, I don't know because I don't really see these. I don't see color in that way. Me neither. But it seemed that he was a person of color. Yes. Um, so think, and you know, he's in his late 50s. So he grew up under Jim Crow. He grew up under intense segregation. Yeah. He may have been born into slavery. <laughs> I mean, he was, whether he knows it or not. Um, so think whether about- Whether we acknowledge it or not. And, and you know what? I don't know what years Jim Crow was actually in office, but like, I mean, he did more bad in those years- I mean, I think it wasn't really the last vestiges weren't of legal segregation weren't really eliminated until like 2007. So, just think about how we created this man, how we forced him. Mr. Remarkable. So, 
yeah, I, I think that what we're seeing is that, um, yeah, the subway, uh, a lot of fights, a lot of fights, a lot of a lot of um, d- d- things spiral out of control. Yeah, and and they do that late at night. I, I guess, and I guess the moral is, if you're talking to any man who is in his fifties who does not seem as if he has visible means of support, maybe you know, uh, and again, not to victim blame. But you keep your distance. Sure. Oh, can I just tell a little story about something that happened to me on the subway recently? <laughs> I was just about to ask you to. Okay, so I was sitting on the subway, and this guy comes in through uh, the door, at the, like through the, um, you know, the, uh, the at the end of the car. He comes in, and he's like... Oh, right, from the other car. From the other car, and he's like, you know, an older gentleman, and in, in basically in exactly this demographic we were just describing. Yes. And he's saying, I'm just trying to get something to eat. I need some, uh, you know, I'm trying to get some food. Wow, sir, you've walked into one of the finest restaurants in town. <laughs> so he's going halfway through the car. And then the other, at the other end of the car, the door opens and this guy comes through and he's munching on a sandwich. And he's like, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. Get some, <laughs> get something to eat. <laughs> he's literally eating a sandwich. He's eating a sandwich, but he's saying, I'm just trying to get something to eat, stay out of trouble. And it was weird. And then they kind of stopped and looked at each other. And it was like, it really was like a showdown. And then the first guy kind of sat down. Like He sort of, it was almost like, you know, the, the, the alpha toot and the beta or whatever. And so he sort of sat down and let the other guy take over. And that guy, and, and when he had passed and he was all the way down, the, he started saying like, oh, he's trying to stay out of trouble. Like he was kind of like making fun of him a little bit, like mm. muttering. Um, it was so interesting. interesting. It is interesting that there's any sort of a like that there like what the um, the power dynamics between uh, beggars on the subway. Well, visibly, when you looked at the two of them, what separated the two? What, one what, had a sandwich. That was just it. He just had a, <laughs> he had a sandwich, and maybe he was taller. I don't know. It didn't seem like there was a lot of like overt height is, height is huge. Height height is big. There didn't seem like there was a big overt threat, but um, clearly there wasn't enough. There weren't enough nickels on this subway for the two of them. Yes. This this subway car does not accommodate two beggars. What's this dispute? I don't know the origin of that. I'm pretty sure I can tell you whose fault it is. Don't touch me, bro. What the hell's he doing that for? Yo, that's extra. <laughs> what the hell's he doing that for? If he were, if he, if 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 he were a cop, he yeah, would be, he'd be, um, he'd be thrown off the force. He'd be right. Well, I mean, like he, his name would be uh, everyone would mud. know it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe that. Uh, that was interesting. Now, I don't think your audience has any idea what we were um, 
Well, there was a, a guy who was uh, drunk, apparently, and he was. He said he lived in the shelter, and that uh, if you're going to hit me, you're going to have to hit me. He was really pushing for a fight with this yeah. guy who's obviously in incredible shape. Yeah, a good three, four inches taller than at him, at least. And he's and and about and, fifteen, he, twenty years younger. Yeah, he's very calm, and he's like just uh, sort of saying, "Okay, sit down, sit down." I don't live in a shelter, and I have a gym membership. And he's probably done like some MMA training. Or he something. must have because he slipped right behind him and put him in a sleeper hold and then fell right on top of the They sort of like slow fell mm-hmm. on top of the guy who was shooting it. It was really neat. That was uh, from the summer. And, and he was, uh, I don't know how that eventually ended up. I mean, really, the guy who did that is the one who is to blame. Oh, he could easily go to prison. He should go. He should. You would think he'd be arrested, right? But it's just like I Who guess knows? It's, I mean, no. Yeah, it's Who not. Knows? It's not that kind of deal. It's two POC just working some things out. You know. Yeah, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back with more uh, crime in New York City. I'm Al Sharpton, and you're listening to New York City Crime Report. Yeah. So you you think we're gonna have a. a, a a, a sizable crowd. It'll probably have to go to Madison Square Garden. If not, uh, the Yale the, Bowl, the, the Hollywood Bowl, <laughs> the New York City Crime Report Live, which is an event. What? When you call something an event, people get the idea it's not a show; it's a show, and that occurs December sixth at Westside Comedy Club. You know, event. It sounds like it's some kind of like, a, oh, that's a book signing or some you know bullshit like that. It's not like that. It's it's a it's an awesome show. New York City Crime Report. Us doing. Yeah, show. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Now I, I was trying to. Do, figure out what we should talk about. I mean, crime, obviously. There's always plenty. Yeah. Um, I like talking about crimes. The history, I think. Some the it, history of, of crime. Um, the history of crime. The history of crime. You know, like, what do you think the first crime was? I mean, is it recorded in the Bible? Is it for sure? Well, it would be a murder, right? Cain and no, Abel? stealing the apple. Oh, that was a the theft. Apple. That was a... He, he tempted her with a nice offer. Um, then I guess... Oh, maybe fraud the would, be, it would be the first crime. Fraud? Yeah. Lying? Yeah, because he told her it would be... It would give her, uh, you know, all... Uh, they would have all the knowledge. Right. And we didn't get, get all the knowledge. We, don't, the knowledge I, we certainly didn't evil. inherit it. The knowledge, the knowledge of, of um, good and evil. Yeah. Shame. The knowledge of, like, Shame. covering yourself up when you're naked. Shame. And then there was... Um, it's important knowledge to have. Oh, boy. If only Louis C.K. would have Well, I think that. he's feeling it now. Oh, boy. I don't think Louis C.K. is going to be there. However, uh, you might be forced to look at our penises. Well, if you follow us into the bathroom. Yes. And if we ask you and you say yes. What? You can show people your penis? You see, if you have clout, you're not allowed to do that. But if you don't have clout, if you ask first. Oh. That's the reason. That he said, I asked first. I got their consent. Oh, okay. But I, oh. he said, I never showed my dick to anybody without asking first. Oh. And they all said yes. Or but they said they, yes based on his clout. And they, they admired Because him. they were afraid of what might happen otherwise. They didn't want to lose his, his you know, his, yeah, they admired him. So it's only okay to show your penis to people who don't think much of you. Right. <laughs> but don't you have to get their permission? And with their permission, of course. Okay. But the less they think of you, you know, the less important that becomes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Because you're bound to get in trouble either way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No penis showing. December 6th, yeah. Westside Comedy Club. 8 p.m. New York City Come Crime out. Report. Come out, because you're not going to see my penis. I think that, that covers it. New York City Crime Report. December 6th, Westside Comedy Club. 8 p.m. Because you're not going to see my penis. All right. Uh, interesting story in today's newspaper yes. about a harassment claim versus a principal. 
Oh. Yeah, and it's in uh, Hell's Kitchen. The guy's name is George Matthew of Manhattan Bridges High School. He pestered three girls to take him as a boyfriend. Three-year-olds? No, 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 no. Three girls. Oh, three girls. In high school, yeah. (laughs) One was 17, and uh, uh, she said that he let her into a storage closet, then kissed her lips and said, Mm. let's break the ice. (laughs) That's a good good icebreaker. I think so. In a storage closet, in a a broom closet in high school? First of all, the storage closet, yeah, is... uh, that, that, that's romantic a, interlude it's a step it's a good place to break the ice he promised to be a good boyfriend he allegedly showed her uh, he showed up at her classes he asked for a phone number and work address uh secretly work address? Re- he recorded her in, in a school hall secretly work address. yeah she's got a job okay 17 he says my philosophy is this apparently that's what he told her if you think it's good go for it <laughs> well it- he clearly is following his, uh, taking his own advice. Again, we have a man. This is a good idea. 54 years old. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, maybe it's like a, a midlife crisis sort of a thing sometimes. He you know, puncher. Uh, but yeah, if he says, he's, hey. He's if, obviously not homeless. If you think it's good, go for it. Mm. What if he was like a homeless principal? Could, homeless well, since, uh, assistant principal. You, you never know these days. Well, I mean, I guess there was a time. When was it that like, it seemed like a lot of people who were, um, you know, uh, otherwise, like everything's fine, but they're in up homeless and shit like that. You know, um, was it right after the? Uh, you would hear these stories in the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties. Okay, like a woman who works at a uh, like a makeup counter and she um, lives in her car. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've been seeing a lot of stories like this lately about like adjunct teachers. Yeah, who are not real teachers, are they? No, like they, you know, they get paid like $2,200 to teach freshman comp at like a community college and they kind of uh, put together like four or five of these every semester and um, it's not enough to live. Mm-hmm. So, but because so, they love, because of their love of teaching. And there's really nothing else that they can do. I guess. I if, mean, if they could do, they would do. And if they can't do, they teach. That's what they say, right? Those well, who can do and those who can't Some teach. say that's a really mean attitude. Yeah. <laughs> I've taught. So apparently I can't. I, I've taught comedy before. And if there's one thing that I can do, man, it's make people laugh on stage. It is what I was born to do. And you have to do it. I have to do it, and then I say, occasionally, like you have to, you know. Okay, I've taught a class because it's been offered, and then like, uh, I do, here's my problem: coming up with a curriculum is very, it's a real drag. To teach comedy, yeah, you know, and and of course, it's it's you know, you can come up with a curriculum to teach anything, comedy included. Say like, hey, you, you know, well, we're gonna start, we ground you guys in the classics. You know, and then watch Richard Pryor or something like that. You know, yeah. say, now stop it occasionally and say, "You see how what he's doing now? He's telling a joke." It's, yeah, he's and, and and it's a joke within a larger framework of his personal life. And he's, in, you know, when you listen to a story by Woody Allen, he's all his stories are just jokes connected to each other. That's I thought that was brilliant about the way he structured his stuff. He knew exactly how long every joke was going to take and, right. you know, what he was going to do. And, you know, at a certain point of his act, he would always, like, he would, if he wanted to check the time, he would look at his watch. And so he had a line for that. Okay. He'd say, this is my, uh, this is, this is my grandfather's watch. My grandfather on his deathbed sold me this watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was like, he's like a master of one liner. Like, you don't think about it, but he had like amazing, like, Dozens of like classic great one-liners. Like, yeah, like I'm two with nature. 
<laughs> like that's that that's profound. Yeah. This um assistant principal here. Another seventeen year old said he told her that she quote needed a new boyfriend. Mm. Him. When she said no, uh, Matthew allegedly promised to quote buy her anything she wanted. Well, it, it, fuck, you know. He also allegedly now these first of all they're all of age. Yeah, but you know, when of course it's wrong. I know, but I mean, you know, my daughter went to uh, a high school in the city, and um, if I'm not mistaken, there was like some teacher or assistant principal who would um, take take he like he was taking this girl to strip clubs in Pennsylvania. I think this is oh shit! I know who you're talking about. Yeah, this is pretty common. This yeah, this you're type. talking. No, you're, that's a very specific guy you're talking about. Yes, he was. Uh, he was. He was a Stuyvesant, I think. No, it was here. Brooklyn Tech. Brooklyn Tech, and uh, he was. Uh, oh, he had a nickname. I think she was friends with the girl. You're kidding. No. Oh, that's great. If you want, she'll she'll be here next week. You can interview her. Oh, I'd, I'd love to find out more. If, uh, yeah, if she'd be willing to do that. What was, what was the guy's name, though? Uh, he was the Teacher of the Year. We named him yes. Teacher of the Year because <laughs> he was huge. This guy, he had a funny little uh, nickname that they called him. He had, a, he had a cute little sports car. Okay. He wore a bow tie. Yeah. And, and glasses, and he was yeah. just a real swinging kind of dude he, right. was, he was like a aerospace kind of a guy yeah he, yeah that's right pilot and shit like that it, and, and he had some kind of like it's you know do you think that there's maybe something about people who go into the teaching profession like to teach high school men men maybe even women like that there's something a little perverted about them yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, I think it. I think it leads to a perversion. I don't know if they. I think they start that doesn't start out that way. I think they have the potential for it, obviously, and then when they get into a situation where they have ultimate power, and you know, yeah, and because this never happens in these really shitty schools where the students run shit. Oh, yeah. I, I never really thought about it, but it doesn't really occur in places where the teacher has no. Uh, you think where they don't respect the teacher at all? Oh, maybe you're like, right. Fuck you. Yeah, it's it 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 comes. I think it's an inflated sense of, uh, you know, it, that relationship. Okay. The teacher-student relationship can be uh, fraught, uh, like an aphrodisiac. Oh, I guess, yeah. kind of. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of okay. It was Brooklyn Tech. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shay Shay, they called him. Sean Shaynak. Yeah, Shaynak. That yeah. was it. And weirdly enough, his brother is like a uh, either an extra or a character actor, kind of like a... Um, or maybe he was a kid. No, I think his brother is kind of a well-known character actor. That's interesting. I, 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 I thought we covered this top to bottom. Here we're looking at uh, Shaynak in the New York Times uh, being, oh, yeah. being led down the hallway by a couple other guys in dark suits. Yeah. And uh, he has his handcuffed uh, behind him. Shay Shay. Shay Shay. She got to know Mr. Shaynak, Shay Shay, to his favorites during her sophomore year when she and a friend went to his classroom at lunch. He tutored him in geometry, them. Uh, he sometimes brought them lunch outside school. Okay. That's a big step. He gave one of them cigarettes. Oh, my God. Right. Well, it's kind of like grooming. You're right. Yeah, it is exactly like that. And then at one point, Sean Shanak, the hip aerospace teacher in his early 40s with a flight simulator in his classroom, asked the girls if he could take pictures of them in the park to inspire a nude painting he wanted to do. I just oh, wanted to Christ. inspire a nude painting. 
According to a friend of one of the girls, they thought their request was weird and put him off, saying they were too busy. They told no one. They thought, oh, why ruin a teacher's life? And that's interesting. That's nice that they had that, uh, you know, cowardice. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this uh, past June, a year after one of the girls had dropped out of Brooklyn Technical High School, Mr. Shanex sent a picture of his penis over Snapchat. Ooh. This was this is the sh- this was the smoking gun. This is the thing that got him. The app, you know, they, yeah. they said they disappear in seconds. So this but, is this is a, a, a very right. a very silly old man doing a very silly old man thing. Like, Snapchat, that's safe. It disappears. Right. I can't look at my penis long. And I guess she like um, obviously she screen capped it. But I think that this is I, I believe that this app has a thing where if you screen cap it, it tells the other person like, oh my god, you just you just took a screenshot. You weren't supposed to do that. See, that's what it says. The app yeah. notified Mr. Shanak of the screenshot. Right. He said he then sent the girl two pictures of his face looking angry. Ah, that's funny. Hey, hey what's you the big betrayed idea? my trust. Hey, look up Craig Shanak. That's his brother. <laughs> that's hilarious, though. I didn't know about that. He sent her two fa- two pictures of his face looking looking angry. Yep. Oh boy, that's great. Yeah, Craig Shanak. She really uh, betrayed his trust. You know, are you mad at her? <laughs> if I if I was him, I would be. Yeah. I would be furious that my trust had been betrayed. How dare you? This is Craig Ricci uh, Shanak. Yeah. He's sometimes credited as Craig Shanak, character actor, uh, based in Los Angeles. He's been active in Chicago, Los Angeles theater. More recently, national television and film. Born in Northport, New York, graduated from the University of Chicago with a degree in medieval drama. Well, that's a degree yeah, that's going to take you far. Like, I mean, how, how many performances of uh, Piers Plowman and Everyman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, are you going to... With that degree, the sky's the <laughs> limit. Now, this guy looks like he would be the yeah, one, the yeah. teenage fucker, right? Right. Well, he, he could be, too. He's a very menacing sort of a countenance. Yeah. Uh, films include well let's see the conversation I guess they're remaking the conversation that's in produc- pre-production oh no kidding which, who, which character is he going to be like the Gene Hackman character or the He's playing Yuri Stans is that the main guy no Lethal Weapon TV series he played Howard okay he was in Two Broke Girls he played the singing inmate number five hmm. this is Harvey Weinstein you're listening to New York City Crime Report. You're listening to New York City Crime Report. December 6th, New York City Crime Report, West Side Comedy Club. We're keeping this one factual. Yeah, it's going to be all fact-based. It's going to be evidence-based. The whole ad is going to be evidence-based. It's going to be data-driven. I have strong evidence, and uh, data suggests that the show is going to be amazing. It's going to have uh, myself, of course, Seth Barron will also be there, and we're going to be talking live to you about crime. If you show up, then you will be there. And you'll get to meet us, and, and, and you'll get to enjoy the show in person for a change. Imagine that. Yeah, this is going to be um, a live audience based on uh, science. It, it's it's mostly going to be uh, yeah, it, it will be. It'll it'll be heavily uh, science based, uh, buoyed by research. Yeah, research, evidence, mm-hmm. data, yes. science, method, and then a, a fair amount of just you know luck, artistic supposition, extrapolation, belief, some punchlines. Great. Yeah. So I, if that if that doesn't grab you yet, maybe uh, maybe there'll be some DNA. Really? Who? Could happen. I don't know. Well, you could never know. Your, could be your TNA. You never Whoever know. you are, <laughs> come out and bring your T's and your A. Awesome. <laughs> Hello. 
Is it over?